Hello and welcome to the Greg Chapman Almost Live Stories of Steam podcast. My name is Greg Chapman and for those of you just joining us for the first time, I am an entertainer and a magician and normally this time of year I'd be out and about doing live shows all over the country and unfortunately this year I am having some medical issues with my back and my hand which have basically made live shows really difficult, if not impossible at this point in time. So to keep myself going and to give me an opportunity to keep entertaining all of you, I have started this podcast. And the way this works, some people are now watching this recorded live on Facebook. Those are the people that are going to help me guide me through a story over the next about 30 minutes or so. They will help me. They will be giving me suggestions. They will be giving me clues. None of this story is planned in advance. All of it will come out as we go along through the next 30 minutes or so based on suggestions from the people watching live. In the meantime, those of you listening at home, you can just sit back, relax and enjoy the story. And if you want to get involved watching live next time, you can always find out on the Greg and Felicity Adventures Facebook page. We'll always post on there when it's going to be. Or most importantly, join the Lavender Dodos Assemble Facebook group. And that's where we'll announce the next live show. But I think without any further ado, let's get into this episode's story. And the first thing I'm going to ask the people in the chat for is their suggestions of genres, different genres of books of, of, that we can use, different genres of story that we can take and transform and mold into our story today. So I'm going to ask those people in the chat to just start typing in as many different genres as they can think of. And at the same time, I'm going to ask them to start having a think about what we might title this story, but we'll worry about exactly what the title is later. Um, We've got a couple of suggestions coming up. We've got got political satire. Uh, Political satire is great, but when I'm just speaking off the cuff, I think I might avoid political satire because I will say something that's going to upset somebody. Um, We've got thriller. I I think we've kind of gone a bit thriller already because it's a thriller. I can't do that because we'll get sued or something. Not for copyright, just for damaging people's eardrums if I start singing. And we've got a sci-fi fantasy kitchen sink drama. There's a whole... As soon as you say kitchen sink drama, I'm just kind of picturing an entire drama taking place inside. I'll tell you what, that's what we're doing today. We're doing a kitchen sink drama. Okay, that's what we're going for. We're going for a kitchen sink drama. That is the genre... I've chosen clearly, which is not necessarily going to be what the person's it's come from Jenny that not necessarily going to be what Jenny meant when she wrote kitchen sink drama. But this is going to be a kitchen sink drama. And of course, the kitchen sink drama needs a title. So at this point in time, if people can just uh, pop down, uh, what are we going to go for? Let's go for let's go for something that might be in a sewer, something that might live in a sewer. There we go. That gets us into somewhere, doesn't it? So something that might live in a sewer, you know, like like they have the alligators under the New York subway or whatever. We've got the taps of doom. Oh, I like the taps of doom. It's not something that lives in the sewer, but you're slightly ahead of me. Rats on tap. Well, we've got a lot lot of tappy jokes here so far. We're going for the taps. We like the taps in the sink. I'm going to pick a... I'll tell you what, let's just go. There was the first one in from Angela there. It was the Taps of Doom. I like it. So here we go. Let us begin the story. This is going to be a kitchen sink drama. Ladies and gentlemen, we are proud to announce, announce, pronounce, pronounce or announce, either one. I'm proud to both pronounce and announce that tonight's story will be 
the taps of doom. It was a Sunday afternoon. Of course, it was a Sunday afternoon because the Sunday lunch had just been eaten by the entire family. This was a, a big family Sunday lunch. I had I had all the family round. We had loads and loads of food. Obviously, I didn't cook the Sunday lunch. I, I, I can cook. I'm, I'm not someone that can't cook. I'm just saying I wouldn't try cooking a Sunday lunch for a whole group of people because, well, basically, you'd have some stuff cooked at 11 o'clock, some stuff cooked at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. It would not go well. So I decided to opt for the the, the more backstage role of doing the washing up. I thought, that's absolutely fine. I will do the washing up. And so I sat down. I had my lovely dinner. It was a, a vegetarian roast, obviously. You know, I'm a vegetarian, but I still like a nice roast. So we had a nice vegetarian roast. We had the meal. We took the plates out the back. And while everyone was in the other room playing charades, and I was in the kitchen being very glad that I've avoided playing charades, I started doing the washing up. And I was doing the washing up. And, you know, I had the bowl and the water and the soap. And it was... I don't know about you, but I like it. When I'm doing the washing up, I like to get plenty of uh, soap suds going on. You know, it's, it's, it's like having a bubble bath when you're a child, but you can't do that when you're an adult, really, you know. So you just have to do it in the sink instead. If you're clever, you can get the bowls and the bowls float and you can turn those into pirate ships and you can even get a couple of knives and sort of have a little sword fight with yourself. It's brilliant. So yeah, next time you're doing the washing up at the kitchen sink, remember, you can turn it into bath time instead. But anyway, and in fact, it does resemble bath time when I was a child as well, because when Lady Felicity comes out after I've been washing up for a while, she often comes out and she does find water all over the kitchen. Then I have to start cleaning the entire kitchen. But anyway, on this particular day, I was doing the washing up and I was scrubbing the pans and I actually finished. Everything was sparkly and nice and I reached into the sink and I pulled the plug and... All the water went sucking down the drain, and just as the water went sucking down the drain, I saw a little glint in the water. I looked down at my hand, and I realised my ring was missing, my wedding ring was missing. And just as I looked back in the water, I saw that little flash of gold as my wedding ring got sucked down the kitchen sink. I screamed, no! At which point in time, Lady Felicity came bursting into the room. She said, Greg, is there a problem? I said, I, said, um, I, I, I might have just... Um, might have just just uh, flushed my wedding ring down the kitchen sink. She said, Greg, that's not good enough. I suggest you go and get it back. I thought, right, that's easier said than done, isn't it? I'll just go down the kitchen sink and get it back. She said, what kind of steampunk are you if you don't have a shrinking machine? I thought, actually, that's a good point. Luckily, I am exactly the sort of steampunk that would have a shrinking machine. And so we dashed up to... The Mer Cave to our great big uh, workshop area. We rushed into the Mer Cave, and there it was, sat in the corner, all lights and buzzers and whistles and bells, and obviously cogs because it's a steampunk machine. It was my relittler firer machine. I'd I, be honest, I don't do the names of the machines, I do the invention, I, I just kind of get the names at random. And so, I decided that this would not be a good idea for me to attempt to go down the kitchen sink alone. This would have to be something like the Fellowship of the Rings. I needed a, a band of warriors, and what I would need, I, probably I'd need a couple of um, couple of 
mythical or fantasy type characters, you know, I don't know, a fairy or an orc or something like that. And it would be absolutely fantastic if a couple of people in the comments could give me some some fantasy characters. I know we're doing a kitchen sink drama, but someone wrote fantasy earlier as well. So we're having that as well. I like it. We've got a an overdramatic kitchening mouse. I like the idea of an overdramatic kitchening mouse. We will have a mouse. That, hang on, because I'm going to shrink it down. You can't really shrink down a mouse. In It won't fit. Okay, but we'll have a mouse. We're just not going to shrink the mouse down. Luckily, I have a mouse. We also have dragon. Well, I'll tell you what, just so we're happy, we're not going to go too crazy into the fantasy. We will have a mouse, but we'll... we'll Give it wings. This was one of my uh, experiments. I'd actually had a, a tiny little mouse that had come in and had been injured. Its front legs were broken. It was really sad and horrible and tragic. But being a steampunk, I thought, well, we can repair this. Uh, unfortunately, I didn't have any little legs, but I happened to have a couple of bat wings lying around. And so I attached the bat wings to the tiny little mouse. Uh, so it's got, like, back legs. It stands and walks upright. And the front legs don't work, but it's got bat wings. So it's like this flying mouse. It's incredible. It is almost like a tiny dragon. It's absolutely fantastic. So we've got a, uh, a mouse with bat wings. And we've also got a demonic ladybird, apparently. It's actually demon demonic ladybird. I, why would I want a demonic ladybird on my team? Doesn't matter. I've got one. Now, I notice I'm about to shrink myself down. I thought we'd take a team of things to shrink with me. We've just gone for things that are really small to start with. But it doesn't matter because Lady Felicity powered up the machine. The steam started coming out. I stepped inside the machine feeling very, very brave at this point in time. There was a loud puff of smoke and suddenly I shrunk. I shrunk down, 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 down until I was only about, I don't know what, four inches high. Um, if you want that in metric, it's, I don't know. 10, 12 centimetres. I was tiny, right, right, really, really small. And then I looked around to gather my companions. I called over the bat-winged dragon mouse. He wandered over. He, I suddenly realised when you got down to his sort of size, he was actually quite a tough-looking, quite scary-looking creature, this mouse with these huge bat wings. I thought, you're brilliant. You're going to be part of my team. I looked across. There was a the demonic ladybird. I realised that even shrunk down to the size I was now, the ladybird was still quite tiny. I'm, I'm not quite sure how the demonic ladybird is going to help, but we were ready. Lady Felicity came over with a shoebox and the three of us climbed inside. Me, the bat-winged mouse and the demonic ladybird. I thought, what I've done here is I've just taken two creatures that can fly. This is into a... I'm going into a drain, don't forget. So it's not going to be a lot of clear air for us to fly. I mean, we'll be lucky if we find anywhere where there is enough room for the mouse to open up its bat wings at all. Oh, and apparently I've just been told in the chat that ladybirds have laser demonic eyes. Of course, I forgot all about the fact that, that demonic ladybirds have laser eyes. So Lady Felicity took the three of us back into the house and into the kitchen sink. She placed us on the edge of the kitchen sink and we all climbed out. Uh, of course, I needed some materials first. I needed some tools. Uh, I'm going to need some tools that will be small enough for me to carry, of course, people in the chat. Uh, one of the things I'm going to have to start with, because I just realised I needed it, I did have a spool of thread. I got Lady Felicity to bring me a spool of thread, which I began to unwind down into the sink to create a small rope that I would be able to climb. Well, I say a small rope. Obviously, I'm tiny now, so it's just like a normal-sized rope, but to, to Felicity, who was still big, it's a small Small, well, it's a thread. You get the idea. It's a thread. Okay, you've just got to cope with the fact that sizes are a bit awry here. And so I got to the edge of the kitchen sink and I looked around to see what else 
I could take with me. And I called to Lady Felicity. I said, I think what we're going to need is a needle. Like, ha ha, yes, of course, a needle. And there's thread, there's a needle. And I took the needle and I stuck it into my trousers, not like stuck it into my trousers like the sharp, but I kind of tucked it in my belt to make myself a little needle-like sword. I thought that would be brilliant later on if I need to have some sort of sword fight with someone with a needle. That would be convenient towards the end of the story. While I was doing this, of course, the little ladybird was starting to descend the rope and the mouse was just trying to get its wings tucked in tight enough that it could actually fit down the pipe in the kitchen sink. I thought, I'm not sure. I mean, let's face it, the ring might have just got stuck at the first bend and then really we're going to a lot of effort for not a lot of story here, but it's worth a try anyway. And so at that point in time, I had gathered up a few articles, which I will reveal to you as we go along in the story but of course, they were small enough that they fit in a matchbox. The matchbox, which we actually managed to tuck inside the backpack. Yet the needle would be, of course, the needle's massive. Someone just said the needle will be massive because you're tiny. Yeah, Angela, it, it, it's massive, but it's like the size of a sword because I'm like the size of a mouse. So I can take the needle that's now the size of a sword to me. It's, t- it's still the size of a needle. It's not actually a massive needle. It's a normal sized needle. I'm tiny and the needle's big enough to be a sword. Okay, I think that's how it's working now. And of course, I also made sure I had with me a little plastic spoon because you never know when you're going to need a little plastic spoon. And so I started to descend the rope on my back. Yeah, I was just saying, wasn't I? Yeah, I've got a matchbox that I've kind of sellotaped to me and that matchbox has all my supplies in it. So any supplies I come up with from now on will have to fit in that matchbox. And so I started to descend the rope. I sit down into the drain pipe and I followed the drain pipe along and I kept going down and we started to creep forward and I realized we'd made a massive mistake luckily in the matchbox there were still some matches because I've just realized we can't see in the dark and so I reached into the matchbox took out one of the matches struck it lit it and there I was with this little match like a tiny little burning torch and me the mouse and the ladybird started to make our way into what was opening up into the sewers underneath the Isle of Wight. Now, I don't know if you've ever been into the sewers underneath the Isle of Wight. I very seriously doubt it because you'd need like a shrinking machine according to the rules we've got here. But those sewers are absolutely tiny and there was water flowing along the sewers and I decided just to keep in my mind that this was water and not question what it was. I was suddenly regretting the fact that when I shrunk myself down, I hadn't put wellies on first. I also suddenly realised that the poor little ladybird was just so tiny. It actually crawled up and it was now sitting on the matchbox on my back because the ladybird was actually so small that it was still going to be sinking in the the, the disgusting drain water. But I started to make my way through the sewer system following the flow of water because I knew that that flow of water would take me towards where my ring had disappeared off to. And so as we made our way down the tunnel, I started to hear noises in the dark. Plong. Clung, clung. I thought that's really weird. This isn't a metal tunnel. There must be a metal tunnel around the corner somewhere. And so I made it down the edge and I turned the corner following the flow of water. And there it was, the entire pipe. There was a huge, long metallic pipe and the water was flowing down it, disappearing off into the darkness. Whatever, whatever I was about to face down here in the sewers. And remember, it's just a sewer, so it's quite likely just to be nothing. But whatever I was about to face in the sewers was down this part. Clung, clung, clung. I turned to my bat-winged mouse friend. We looked at each other. We obviously couldn't speak to each other because 
it's a mouse, okay? It's, it's still just a mouse. But he looked at me. I looked at him. The little ladybird on the back didn't really look at either of us. He just really sat there. It's a good job he didn't look at either of us because remember, he's got demonic laser eyes. We'll come to that later on. And I turned to the mouse and we nodded at each other in a tacit interspecies understanding that the only thing to do was to continue on to find the ring. I've got no idea why this mouse was so invested in my wedding ring, by the way, but it's a good friend. That's what I like about the animals when you shrink yourself down. Some of them can be really nice. Some of them, however, not quite so nice, as we were soon to find out. As we made our way down the tunnel, by the way, in a minute, I am going to need some sort of creature that could conceivably live in a tunnel that is going to be the villain, okay? And don't go for an obvious villain. Don't go Don't go for rat. That's just way too obvious a villain in the tunnel. You know, don't go for, go, go for something a little bit, you know, a little bit more out of left field, but something that would conceivably be in a tunnel, okay? So anyway, so I carried on, clung, and I could hear... The sound in the distance, and I realised that the sound in the distance was where the water was heading to, where my ring must have been washed to. As we made our way forward, I began to worry. I had to take out another match and relight that because they don't burn for that long. I drew the needle from my belt. I was already the ladybird sat on the box behind me, tucked right back behind me. There was the bat-winged mouse just bringing up the rear, and there, we could see it in the distance. We could see a frog. A frog lurking in a dark, but not just any frog. It was a goblin frog. And not just any goblin frog. It was apparently a cyclops goblin frog. That's right. This frog, this large green frog with one eye stood out in front of him. I thought, actually, this is quite convenient because I know the story of the Cyclops and in the Odyssey. And if you remember in the Odyssey, what actually happened is Odysseus actually uses his sword. Well, I had a sword. I had a needle. He used it to blind the Cyclops. And then he says, what's your name? And he says, oh, I'm no man, because that's a name, apparently. And then the Cyclops runs off and he's like, no, where, no man did this to me. And everyone just goes, oh, okay, then no one did it. And the Cyclops doesn't say, no, no, hold on. It was a guy. He's just called. But anyway, this filled me with confidence because I thought that's absolutely fine. Because using his sword, I can always... And I thought, that sounds a bit mean, doesn't it? He's only a, only a sewer frog. He's probably not that dangerous. And in fact, now I come to think of it, he looks like quite a friendly sewer frog. And I suddenly realised that the, the Cyclops sewer goblin frog wasn't actually making the noise. He was stood perfectly still. He looked, to be honest, quite terrified. And in the distance down the tunnel, we could still hear the clung, clung, clung. I went over to the little sewer frog. I had a quick check of him and I realised the poor little sewer frog had his foot stuck in a something that somebody had flushed down the sewer. I suddenly realised that what somebody had flushed down the sewer. You, you wouldn't believe some of the things that people will flush down the sewer. On this occasion, someone had actually flushed down the sewer nothing less than a clothes peg. Uh, and the clothes peg had gone down there and it sort of somehow popped itself open and it sprung shut and it was clipped on the frog's foot and he was all bound. So I helped him. I used the needle instead of stabbing the frog, which would have been a bit harsh. I used the needle as a little lever to lever open the clothes peg. And the little frog got his foot out. 
and we, we looked at each other. And again, Frog can't obviously speak English. I should have. I should have. Next time I do this, I will invent a machine that lets me talk to the animals as well, because that would have way more conversation in this. But the frog looked at me and we had an understanding and he said, you have saved me. He didn't say it. This is all with his eyes. He's like, you have saved me. I will now join your little band and come with you to find the ring. I thought, how does he even know about the ring? But I don't ask too many questions because that just slows things down. And so we set off along the tunnel towards the clung, clung, clung in the distance. And as we started walking along, me with the ladybird on my back, the bat-winged mouse, and now the cyclops goblin frog bringing up the rear, I saw in the distance there was another creature. In fact... I suddenly realized there were quite a lot of creatures. And I, I, as I looked closer, they, they didn't seem to have any arms. They didn't seem to have any legs. They were, they were in front of me in a sort of an opening in the pipe. There were thousands of sewer snakes. That's right, thousands of sewer snakes. Now, anybody who is afraid of snakes, you might not want to hear this because in the sewers, there are thousands of sewer snakes, apparently. And these sewer snakes, obviously, they can get through the sewer they're not just going to sit there that's why sometimes if you're doing the washing up and you get to the end of washing up and like something's missing you're like whoa hold on where did that spoon go but don't worry about it what's actually happened is the sewer snakes have decided they need a spoon to eat their lunch i don't know why they're using a spoon they don't have any arms as we've already covered but they like spoons so that's what happens they kind of pop out your plug hole they grab your spoon they run off luckily they hadn't run off with my ring that was still flowing off somewhere ahead but they were going to cause me some trouble and i got there and i looked at all of the thousands of sewer snakes and i thought oh no what am I going to do about these thousands of sewer snakes that are facing off against me? They look, they look very, very greedy. They look like they just want something. If only there was something I could give these sewer snakes to make friends with them. Ah, I thought, of course. These sewer snakes, as we've just established, like to go through the sewers to steal spoons. Well, luckily, if you remember, the last thing I took with me before I left the sink was a plastic spoon. And there I was with this plastic spoon and I knelt down and I held out the plastic spoon in front of me towards the sewer snakes as a gift. And the sewer snakes came over and the first one of them kind of wrapped himself around the spoon to take it. Because again, no arms, no legs. And that sewer snake and they all examined the spoon and it was the greatest plastic spoon. Because normally you don't wash up plastic spoons. You know, you just throw them away. You shouldn't. You should recycle them, wash them, use them again. You know, we've got a planet to save here. But, you know, no, most people don't. Most people just don't. So they hadn't seen a plastic spoon before. All the spoons were metal. And they thought this was an, an amazing plastic spoon. What can we do with this? Pl-? They were so excited that the leader of the sewer snakes came up to me and he looked me in the eyes and I could see the look in his eyes. And I could, I could again, snakes don't... Actually, forget it. Sewer snakes talk, okay? If we're going to have thousands of sewer snakes, they can talk. And this sewer snake in front, he, he looked at me and he said, Hello, my friend. I thought, isn't it the S's you're supposed to struggle with, not the F's? He went, yes, that's right. I thought there's not even an S on the end of the word right. What is going on here? He said, welcome to the sewers. We appreciate the spoon. I thought, you're most welcome. He said, now we will join your band and we shall carry on with you and help you find your ring. I thought, how does everyone in the sewers know about this ring? But so we carried on. We could hear in the distance that dong, dong, dong. Somewhere 
in the distance, in the sewers. We were getting close. Whatever we found next was bound to be the one that had the ring. And there we kept going. Behind me, I now had the little demonic ladybird on the back of my pack. Behind him was the bat-winged mouse. Behind him was the one-eyed cyclops goblin frog. And behind him was thousands of sewer rats. And between us, and together we made our way forward. Dung, dung. Dong, it had got so loud now. We paused. Just around the corner, I could see a shadow moving. I thought, where is the shadow coming from? There are no lights in the sewers. Someone around the corner has a light. And so, as we approached the edge, I glanced round the corner. And if you can kind of imagine this, imagine this in the film, right, or in the cartoon or whatever it is, right, you get, like, my head poked round, then just below my head, there's the, the mouse's head, and then the little ladybird's head, then it's going to be the frog's head, then it's going to be thousands of sewer snakes poking their little heads round as well. We're all kind of looking around the corner, and then I saw it in front of me. It was a zombie dodo. That's right. As many of you will know, a few years ago in an experiment, we managed to successfully return dodos from extinction, which is why we have the, the Lavender Dodo as the name of our Facebook group and the logo of the podcast and the almost live shows. And in front of me, there was a zombie dodo, a dodo it appeared that had not been fully brought back to life, but nor was it fully dead. The zombie dodo stood there rocking backwards and forwards, and it turned and it looked at us, and I could see, looped around its foot, a golden band, my wedding ring. I paused. I turned to the group that I had with me. I knew somehow we had to get the golden ring back, but also I felt a bit sorry for the zombie dodo, uh, and I thought somehow we have to get the zombie dodo to safety, and lest we forget, uh, we don't actually want to get bitten by the zombie dodo, because of course... If you get bitten by a zombie, you become a zombie. And if you get bitten by a zombie dodo, you become a zombie. You don't become a zombie dodo. It doesn't change your species. You just become a zombie of whatever you are, okay? And the last thing I needed was, one, to turn into a zombie myself. But even more to the point, it would be pretty horrendous to live in a house where I knew down in the sewers there was a zombie dodo and a zombie mouse bat thing and a zombie cyclops goblin frog and a thousand zombie sewer snakes and so we had to be a little bit careful how we dealt with the zombie dodo using of course only the tools which we had with us which was the the matchbox lest we forget we've got the well i've given away the plastic spoon now so really it's the the matchbox with the matches inside it's the needle which i don't want to use to hurt anybody and the ladybird with the laser eyes. But not to worry, I thought we can easily solve this problem. Now, first thing I need to do is figure out where exactly we are in relation to the service. And I kind of had a, did a little quick bit of maths, and I realised that we must be under the living room of my house. I realised it's partly because of the maths and the, the layout of the house, and partly because above me I could hear them still arguing about the game of charades. We had to find a way to get up to the surface we had to get this zombie up to the surface where hopefully lady felicity would be there with a shoebox that she could use to sort of get the zombie dodo inside and we could work on stop it being a zombie luckily actually now i come to think of it up in the murkave in our workshop i actually had some anti-zombie formula 
So as long as we can get it up to the surface safely without anyone else being zombified, I've only got enough anti-zombie formula for one, so we can't start all getting zombified and then change. That would, that would ruin the rules. And so I looked around me and I realised... By the way, in a couple of moments' time, I'm going to need a list of things that might have been flushed down the sewers because, be honest, I'm not going to be able to solve this with a needle and a, a box of matches, I'll be honest. I'm going to need something more than that. You know, I've got this great team behind me, but we are going to need some sort of extra extra weaponry of some... Well, I say weaponry, extra tools. So, you know, just start typing in those comments anything that might have been conceivably flushed by a... Flush down. Yes, yes, I, I know laser-eyes demonic ladybirds can make holes in the ceiling with their eyes, but we don't want to just start firing holes in the ceiling because we don't know who's above us. Do You know, imagine, this is a suggestion for Angela, imagine, Angela, you're sitting here enjoying Game of Charades and suddenly laser beams start flying through the floor. Okay, we've got to be a little bit cautious how we use the laser beams flying up through the through the floor, obviously. But I looked around to see what had been flushed down the, flushed down the drain and I saw... Juggling clubs? No, nobody's flushing a juggling. The juggling club would be huge. Think how big. I, think about trying to flush a juggling club down the sink. Who's going to flush a juggling club down? Uh, sometimes I don't think the people on the chat are really thinking these things through. Okay, so so far we have got suggestions, including Lego. Oh yes, I looked across. There was some Lego. There was a pile of Lego bricks. Someone, obviously a baby, I'm guessing, had just sort of you know how they get that age where they just start flushing stuff down the toilet, and this baby had clearly just started chucking more and more lego and started flushing more and more lego just flushing it down the loo and apparently a dead goldfish um which i'll be honest we're probably just going to leave well enough alone i don't want to get involved some cotton buds so we've got a few cotton buds we've got a dead goldfish which is yeah why a dead god why why are we onto dead goldfish in fact it's worse than that because it was a dead goldfish but obviously there's also a zombie dodo so now the dead goldfish has been bitten by the zombie do- oh great now the dead goldfish has just been bitten by the zombie dodo we've now got a zombie goldfish as well and remember i've only got enough formula for one but, but that's fine because I, I don't think there's a lot of difference between a zombie goldfish and a real goldfish to be completely honest with you and I've just noticed in the corner, there's also been some false teeth flushed down. It's okay. I think we've got enough stuff now. We've got some false teeth. We've got some Lego. And we've got, uh, we, we, we ruled out the juggling club because you can't actually get them down the toilets. We've got the Lego and we've got some false teeth. Okay, I've got my needle. Okay, great. We've got enough stuff here. I've sorted it. I suddenly realized what we could do. I removed the matchbox from my back. We all glanced around the corner again. This was going to need a well-coordinated plan requiring all of the snakes, the one-eyed frog, the bat-winged mouse, the ladybird with his demonic eyes, and, of course, not to forget, me. It was time to put the plan into effect to stop the zombie dodo and, of course, to try and catch the zombie goldfish. Should we give it a happy little life, even if we don't have enough anti-zombie formula to turn it back into a non-zombified goldfish? I looked round the corner. I turned unspeakingly I looked at my team and they all understood the plan because I can't think of another way to get them all to understand the plan they all just understood the plan it was time to make our move now as Angela quite rightly pointed out a few minutes ago the demonic laser beam eyes of a ladybird can burn through the ceiling above us now obviously that has the inherent risk of all of the people above us but the other thing it can do of course is burn through the ground below us. So the demonic ladybug bent down. It lasered a huge hole in the ground, big enough for all of us. Suddenly, we dropped down, and we dropped down into the sub-sewer system. 
Oh, brilliant. This is like the huge sub sewer. It's actually a huge pipeway that goes right under the Isle of Wight from when the ancient aliens built the island. And we landed inside this huge colossal chamber. Aha, we had room to work and room to think. Now, I mean, I say colossal chamber, we're tiny, forget. It's like two foot or something. It's not that big. It's not like, not like it's huge. But we dropped down into this chamber. The dodo dropped down in front of us and the little goldfish dropped down and landed in a nice little puddle of yucky Yankee water. I thought, don't worry about him. We'll deal with him in a minute. Luckily, he's a tiny goldfish, by the way, and it is quite a big matchbox. That will come important, and it's, a, it's quite a sturdy matchbox. It'll probably handle being wet for a little while. Uh, that could also be quite important in a moment, because otherwise I've got no way of getting that goldfish out. We all started to move into position. Now, I suddenly turned around. The thousands of sewer snakes had completely gone. That's good. They were doing their job. The sewer snakes disappeared off into the distance. I'll come back to them in just a few minutes' time. I moved into position. I faced off face to face against the zombie dodo. The zombie dodo started moving very slowly towards me. Very, very slowly towards me. Very, I mean, it's a zombie, so it's, just, it's not like one of those super fast zombies that they started ruining modern films with. It's a proper old-fashioned, slow-moving dodo. As it started moving slowly towards me, I just drew its attention. I kept focusing, I kept focusing, and I drew its attention. In the meantime... Batwing Mouse flew up to the top of the building, flew up above Zombie Dodo. Zombie Dodo looked up to see what was going on. At this point in time, Frog, Frog came in with the false teeth. Frog leapt in with the false teeth. Now, these false teeth were, you know, quite sharp, but we'd actually taken the time to pull the false teeth, teeth out of the false teeth. So it was just like the false gums now, just sort of flapping and clickety clacketing around on their own. Leapt forward. Closed the false teeth around the beak of the zombie dodo. Now the zombie dodo's beak was trapped shut. We were safe. There was no chance we were going to be suddenly eaten alive. Now the zombie dodo continues to move, though. It continued to move, but it did move very slowly. And as it moved very slowly, the bat-winged mouse was flying around, spotting as many of the little pieces of Lego as it could. It was flying above them. It was dropping to me. As it dropped them to me, I'd throw them to the one-eyed zombie toad, uh, zombie frog. Now, this was not actually as smooth as it sounds, because if you think about it, we've got the bat-winged mouse. Now, the bat-winged mouse, remember, has no arms. He's only got the two little feet at the bottom. So he's kind of picking up the bits of Lego with his feet and sort of flicking them towards me. It's a terrible throw. I'm having to go over, grab them. I turn around... I throw them to the Cyclops frog. Now, remember, of course, the Cyclops frog through one eye, he's got no real depth perception. He's got absolutely no eye. Half the bricks are just sort of being dropped on the floor. One or two of them hit them in the face. It's, it's a complete mess. But luckily, the zombie, with his beak trap shut, he's moving so slowly that we had time to build a little wall of Lego. When we built this little wall higher and higher and higher until eventually we had a little Lego box formed around the zombie. And then we open up the matchbox. Now, we took this sort of sliding bit out from the middle of the matchbox. We ran over. We popped that under the zombie goldfish. That made us a nice little zombie goldfish tank. And then finally, we opened up the matchbox. We slid it right underneath the zombie dodo. And using the tape that I had actually used to strap the matchbox to my back, we took that tape off so we could stick the cardboard matchbox lid to the bottom of the Lego wall that was now surrounded Dodo. So now we had a little Lego box with a cardboard base that had the zombie Dodo inside with my wedding ring, which we could get back at a later date. We had the zombie goldfish in a little matchbox. We only had one final problem to solve, and the final problem that we had to solve was getting out 
of the tunnels because obviously now we need to get out the tunnels. Now, obviously, we have at this point in time, as was correctly pointed out by Angela, we do have a ladybird demonic laser beam eyes that can burst a hole in the ceiling. But as I pointed out earlier, that would be massively dangerous because, well, because we're going to have people upstairs. Luckily, in the meantime, my team of a thousand sewer snakes had made their way up through the sewers. They started pouring out of the kitchen sink, slithering into the room where everyone was playing charades. I mean, initially, I had kind of told them, when you get up there, you can tell people, just stand back a bit, because we're about to blow a hole in the floor. Uh, As it happens, wasn't entirely necessary, because when a thousand sewer snakes suddenly start rushing out into your living room, apparently people move back away from the centre of the room on their own. We had to rely on the fact that the sewer snakes had done their job. As our little demonic ladybug looked upwards, fired a laser beam at the ceiling. There was a massive explosion. Well, I say massive explosion again. It was quite a small explosion to the people on the surface. But for us little people underneath, it looked huge. Massive explosion on surface. Lady Felicity ran forward. I could see her above us, like a giant above us. But obviously she's not a giant. She's just normal size. We're just tiny. She threw down the thread. I picked up the needle and I used the needle to sew the thread onto the the little box that had the goldfish inside. Then I ran over, I tied the thread to the Lego. Lady Felicity above us pulled up the uh, the box with the goldfish inside, pulled up the zombie dodo. She rushed them up to the Mer Cave. I thought, well, that was great. She could have taken the time to actually get the rest of us out. Well, no, no. Okay, so about half an hour later, when everyone remembered that we were still stuck in the sewers, she came back. She pulled us out. We went all up the cave together. I climbed inside the machine. I was about to be re-enlarged so I could have my wedding ring back. I looked across. The zombie dodo had been given the anti-zombie formula. It was back to life. We had a real-life dodo there once again. And then... I suddenly realised that there was something crucial that I had absolutely forgotten. I turned to the mouse with his incredible bat wings. And I said, look, I'm not going to forgive myself while I'm tiny and you've been so good and everything. Any chance I could have a little little fly around on your... Yeah, apparently that's not the right thing to ask. He looked at me. He was pretty angry with me. I jumped straight in the machine, brought myself back up to full size. I stepped out and there, gathered around me, were my incredible team. I now had a cyclops, frog, goblin. I had a thousand sewer snakes, which I said, just go back into the sewers, guys. You're fine. You live down there. In fact, what I will do, I will go out tomorrow. I will just buy you a box of spoons, okay? And I'll leave them in a kitchen sink. You help yourself. Thank you for your help. I turned to the, the frog, who, of course, I had already set free from his chain. I said, there's a lovely pond out the back. You go out there. You enjoy the pond. You'll be absolutely fine. I said, you know, just make sure you kind of get the distance and stuff right. You'll get the hang of it. It's easy. I turned to my little bat-winged mouse. Again, i kind of already done him the favour by giving him the bat-wings. I said, little bat-winged mouse, you can, you know, do whatever you want. Would you like some cheese? Mice like cheese, I think. So I gave him some cheese or something. Uh, he was absolutely happy. And I turned to Lady Felicity, who was holding my wedding ring in her hand. I took the wedding ring. I placed it on my finger. She said, aren't oh, you going to clean that first? That's kind of disgusting at this point in time. I thought that's a good idea. I took my wedding ring back. Into the kitchen, I ran some nice hot soapy water and I began to wash the wedding ring. And as I was washing up, 
the ring slipped from my fingers. And with a cling, 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 I saw it disappear back down the sewer. And we all started all over again. Ladies and gentlemen, that's our little kitchen sink drama all about the taps of doom. The taps, obviously, were just where the water came from that caused the problem in the first place. Really, they, they didn't have an awful lot to do with the story. I'll be completely honest with you. It's only just now as I get to the end that I remember that was a title. But the taps of doom, thank you all so much for listening. Thank you to those people who are in the live chat who have made suggestions as we've gone along with the story. Just before we finish up, a couple of things just to say to you guys. First thing is... This month, it's May when I'm recording, it's the 2nd of May, and this month I'm doing a big push for reviews. I'm doing a great big push for reviews. Uh, If you have watched any of our films anywhere, any of our documentaries, if you haven't seen them, go to gregandflissyadventures.com. You can find out all about them there. And if you just want to go on there and check that out, and if you like any of them, please leave them a review uh, either on Amazon's Prime Video or on imdb.com. We really need to get as many reviews as we can. Also, if you want to throw a few coins in our virtual hat, you can do so at www.co-fi.com forward slash Greg. And please, obviously, you can also subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen to this podcast. You can leave a review and you can go to the Lavender Dodos Assemble Facebook group. And in there, we will post when we're next going to do a live recorded story session. That brings us to the end of the story. There is only one final thing that I do need to say. And that was that I made one terrible mistake at the end of our time underground. When I went back into the rebigifying machine, I hadn't realised that I was not alone. And when I went back into the rebigifying machine, there was a tiny, demonic ladybird sat Upon my shoulder. Now that demonic ladybird grew not just to its scale size, it actually kept growing. That demonic ladybird is now about the size of a small elephant. And if you're ever lucky enough to come down to the Isle of Wight and as you're driving across the island, you might see rushing through the fields, leaping majestically over fences, the sight of the world's only giant. Demonic ladybird. And if you do see him, just don't look at him directly in the eyes. Thank you all for listening. Goodbye. And take care. <laughs>